This is a pay-owned media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael, just talking tech. There is, if you want to open it up, you don't have to. Let me rephrase that. <clears throat> there should be in the DMS folder a Google Doc. Just say so you know. Google Doc. There's nothing in there. I'm going to use that for taking notes. <laughs> because last time I took all these notes and got everything in there and had them in Notepad. And then I restarted the computer. I don't even remember why and lost them. And yes, as Mallory says, it uh, prompts you multiple times, Michael. Are you sure you want to restart when you have unsaved content? And you know what Michael did? He just clicked the, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I want to restart. And so that was my bad. And Google Doc does auto-saving. So I said, "Mm, we'll do Google Doc. (laughs) I think I called you when that happened too, didn't I? Yep. We are on DM78. Anything we mention can be found at yourownpay.com slash DM78. So, Demasi, i got to ask you. Did Siri tell you when you went into the office that in this part of the house, you usually listen to audio? Oh, hold on. <laughs> let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Now, I did see Bluetooth later when I connected Bluetooth, though. Uh, it was like. Uh, record series. Uh, so what we're talking about, folks, is the Siri widget, mm-hmm. uh, which I currently have on my home screen in a smart stack. So the stack of widgets rotates and it shows me carrot weather, fantastical, todoist, and Siri suggestion. <laughs> so what I found interesting this morning is plugged in headphones. I'm sitting outside uh, and the recommendation from Siri was, or a suggestion from Siri was, you should listen to, no, uh, open Overcast based off the location you are in your home. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I told Demasi, uh, if Siri is that smart, why can't she send messages when I'm using AirPods and tell her to send messages? Although with AirPods, I have noticed that it's been more reliable and uh well Demasi's looking to see if it has a different suggestion at a different location in his home so as of the date of this being published two days after we record i should have a pixel in my hands and Demasi and i kind of talked a little bit about it i think i don't know if he was serious but i took his comment as a fully serious comment so i think what my workflow is going to be is my iphone's going to hang out upstairs uh it's probably going to be plugged in most of the time because i can't just give up the iphone i just got nicholas to switch back to the iphone and so i have to at least have the iphone so i can do facetime calls with him because we're not switching back to duo and then i'm going to use the apple yes it does i'm going to use the apple watch for notifications on the iphone for things that don't work on the android and or or in case Mallory calls me or something. Because I don't think I'll p- switch my other number over to Android yet. We'll see where things are. Because I'm kind of excited about where those things are going uh, with Android. And then I'm going to use the AirPod Pros so that I can engage with my phone hands-free. And we'll see how that goes. Because 
in conjunction with Siri when she actually it well, uh, in conjunction with Siri when it actually works properly. I a, it feel a little disrespectful though. Like really? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I get it. Right. Like, you know, but the 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 political see that's when political when PCness <laughs> or, or whatever is actually supposed to be called nowadays because I'm old. And see, uh, I'm gonna leave both of those edits in there because it just adds a level of confusion. Like, don't you want the like, personal assistant to be personal? Right. Like my Siri is a lady. I'm using Siri voice two one two or one. I think it's two. It's a female. Yeah. So it's a she. If you switch yeah. it over to a male voice, then you then can it's call a male. Okay. So as long as Siri, as long as she is, uh, you know, being smart and stuff, I forgot the exact wording I was using, but I'll just jump right back in there with it like that, and that's why I'm going to keep the edit in, then I can use my AirPods to reply to messages. I can use AirPods to uh, s- reply to Discord, I think, maybe not, but, uh, you know, I can get all that information from my AirPods, and then I can use my Apple Watch for other things I can't do, and then you do most of my primary stuff on the Android phone, and maybe that might mean switching a phone number back over to Android, you know, because I don't want to pay for another service, so I don't know, but it'll be an experiment, it'll be a process, and Demasi and I, I think, are probably going to take this adventure on together. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I mean, what I'm going to do is essentially what you're doing, except I don't have AirPods, so I can't answer the phone, you know, answer the iPhone calls with just by saying, yes, drives me fucking, I'm not really sure how I feel about it, actually. I was going to say it drives me nuts, but I can't say it does. I don't know how I feel about it. Tia's hanging out in the kitchen, and she's washing the dishes, and she just says, yes. I'm like, what the fuck are you thing. talking to? Huh? That's a thing. Yeah. Wait. Walk me through this. Because <laughs> I've been squeezing the tip of my AirPods. I hope Jason's not listening. Or maybe hopefully he is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is a thing we shall report back to you folks on how to, if either one of us figures out how to uh, be able to answer the phone with Siri uh, directly. Like honestly, we just need to start being nicer to Siri, I think. Yeah, man, that bitch. Oh, that that really isn't nice. I'm sorry. But anyway, it's my personal assistant, and whatever. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm what I'm going to do is um use the Android phone. And one of the nicer things, like you kind of mentioned, you know, you think you can reply to messages from, from Discord, although you wouldn't really need to because you have Discord on Android. So I don't think that would be an issue. And it is accessible, from my understanding. So mm, I'm not sure if I'm even gonna put Discord on my Android phone, but I probably will because <laughs> I pop in there enough. I use it e- enough. Oh, and started sending you messages through Discord, so I guess I will have to actually put it on the phone. Yeah. Uh, Although now you can text but, me because I can connect the Android to Windows. So, but if I don't, have hmm, it, hmm, what the how that works? But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go on this this basic journey as well. Uh, Use my Apple Watch for the Apple connectivity stuff that I, you know, has to be in place, such as iMessages and things of that nature. I'm actually going to set up or I'm going to attempt to set up. So I will definitely report back in our next show how this went. Uh, set up SIP calling using the native Android uh, SIP integration and see how well that works. At least I will have service for a number while I'm on Wi-Fi just to have something to kind of, you know, see how that, that, that fleshes out. Because I, you know, from a business perspective, am extremely interested in 
the different ways that small businesses or entrepreneurs can have multiple phone numbers, but have it actually operate like a business line and not just be forwarding, forwarding one call to another call, because then you get into the weirdness when you got to call people back and they mm. now they got your phone number or mobile number or mm. whatever. And Google Voice, like I, I have... I'm going more and more concerned about Google Voice as a free service being out there for people uh, and some of the limitations and restrictions that they're putting on the actual paid or that are in existence with paid service if you're a Google Workspace customer. I don't think we mentioned this on the show, but I found out shockingly, I was shocked, absolutely shocked. <laughs> I mean that seriously, no sarcasm. Was I was absolutely shocked when a recent Google Workspace customer disclosed to me that you can no longer set up a free Google Voice number if you have a Workspace account. Uh, I still have a free Google Voice number on the G Suite. Hi, Google, screw you because you can't do anything about it. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> I mean, they could, but, you know, I mean, I've been paying. Well, I haven't been paying Google for the entire time I've been using Google Apps. But, but still. I've been a customer since Google Apps, and I've been paying them since around like 2015-ish, 2016. So, and I brought you quite a few customers, maybe not as many as other people have brought right. in, but I have brought you some customers, uh, probably more than I actually know, because oftentimes I'm not actually giving people my referral link because I maybe don't have it uh, <laughs> on hand. And Google keeps changing it. But so I'm interested in different ways of using SIP providers, especially when like maybe it's unfeasible, you know, unreasonable to pay for an entire second line phone service through T-Mobile or Verizon or US, you know, any of the the regular carriers or MVNOs, but you still want a separate number. Um, So I'm going to play around with that, too. This is going to be interesting, I think. Man, and I can use Focus Time on iOS to control, you know, what comes through and when it. Man, I'm really kind of excited about Focus Time. I haven't done anything with custom home screens yet, but I'm excited about Focus Time. That's, That's a funny. General I, feature. I haven't done anything about custom home screens either, but I use the um, Sleep Focus all the time. Well, not all the time. That makes it imply that I sleep all the time. Although, <laughs> uh, I use Sleep Focus all quite often, and then. I also am experimenting with those, uh, what are they, notification summaries? Yeah, notification summaries. I have a love-hate relationship with that. They're Um, still broken. Yeah. Is my opinion. Because I have Twitter, so I'm still using the Twitter, the official Twitter app. Yeah, Um, so if anyone wants to tweet him, we're still waiting for someone to tweet him to see. How's time tracking going, Demasi? Damn it, man. You know, Anyways, I, uh, I, I think I may. Yeah, I think I, I mean, just a quick side note on time tracking. I may because I have set out for a year. I may actually try out using timing because most of the time that I need to actually track business wise and know what I'm doing is at the computer. Um, mm-hmm. It's very rarely that I'm actually doing. I mean, it'd be, I'm not obsessive about it to the point that I want to know, oh, how much time did I spend listening to audiobooks this month or right. today or this week? Like, I don't, I don't care that much about it. I mean, maybe there's a focus. Like, when I trigger this focus, then it starts a timer. That could be a way to deal with that shit. But I don't know. Uh, but to answer your question, it has been going terrible. Uh, I have track time when I have needed to for projects, for clients, but that's about it if there's no time constraints like i'm not billing hourly i haven't been tracking time at all 
I have been tracking time on podcast editing, mainly for the DM series, so I know how much time I'm spending. And then I'm editing a couple of other podcasts now. Eh, one other one right now. It sounds like it'll be two other ones. Uh, so I'm going to be tracking time on those too. One of them I've been editing since March, and I wasn't tracking in my time, so I don't really have a baseline for how long it'll take me. And someone asked me, how, Michael, how much time do you spend on, on editing our podcast? I'm like, uh, uh, I can give you a rough estimate. And th- that's something that even if you're not getting paid for, probably something you should you should know because if you do want to get paid for doing that particular project you should have a baseline to give people well you know a 30 minute episode is going to take me 55 to 60 minutes to edit on average or something like that because then you can price yourself to you know i want to make 20 dollars an hour which at first sounded ridiculous to me, but now it sounds, you know, more doable in some scenarios. Uh, and, or I want to make $40 an hour because I know your content's going to take me two hours or something, you know? So yeah, time tracking is important when you get to it. Yeah, it, it is. It is important, especially if you're going to do anything where you're going to build people hourly, because having that baseline, like guessing is not good because things always like, just generally tracking time in your brain like things always you're always going to be way off basically Mm -hmm. you can be like man this shit felt like it took forever i was doing something today and i set a like a 30 minute timer and i swear i was like man this freaking timer just did not go off like it just didn't go off okay whatever i may as well finish doing what i'm doing now and i get up and go check on the kids and what seemed like about an hour later, it really didn't feel like an hour, but what really felt like about 20 minutes later than the timer goes off. And I looked at the time like, oh, actually, it was only 30 minutes. But it seemed like I had been sitting here for 45 minutes already. Uh Conversely, you can think something doesn't take that much time, which happened to me finally enough yesterday. Like hmm. sitting here, I started working on something and I look up and I'm like, oh, okay, Link is off the bus. Okay, that's like three. It's like, you know, that was like about 45 minutes I've been working. And the next time I looked up, it was five o'clock and I was like, well, it didn't seem like I was sitting here that long. Right. Got a ton of shit done, but yeah. it didn't feel like I was sitting here for two hours. <laughs> I remember that conversation because we talked not too long after that. Yep. I th- I think you looked up because I called you, if I remember right, because I wanted to test the headset, buddy. Yep. You called me, and then you said what time it was on your side, and I was like, yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> I was like, man, it, it really ain't feel like it was that late. Like, this day, really, I don't know where this day went. Like, I did get stuff done, so it's not like I don't know, you know, like I just wasted a day, but it's like, geez, it really went by fast. So, back to how we started this conversation. Did you ever get a chance to look at Siri? Yeah, it, it 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 was showing me an option to do a quick text read with seeing AI or message Michael Babcock. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> so back to our conversation about Siri. Uh, you said Tia had an experience with Siri recently. Tell us about it. So I don't quite remember the context of the conversation. Uh, between you and Siri, or I mean, you no, and Tia between, or Tia and Siri? No, so between me and Tia, because we were talking about something. Somebody said something or did something or something. She was telling me about something she saw on Facebook or or, or some situation that went on around here, and she was like, "All right, I was gonna do all that. I would just 
bash them in the head or something like that. She said, or bludgeon them or something like she, it was some, you know, some, some, you know, I would do something violent to her individual. And Siri's like, would you like me to call 911? And I said, man, I'm gone. <laughs> no. What the fuck? I was like, man, what kind of shit is this? That is crazy. So she didn't happen to say like, hey, stupid, I would smack no. him in the head or something? Like, No, no, no. It was like, man. That's was, some creepy shit, man. Like, I don't remember that. I, I want to say it may have been one thing, but I don't want to say that thing. And I yeah. really don't want to get in that conversation anyway. Uh, but it, it was something along. Like she was just telling about something she saw. Like, this person did this thing or, or destroyed their property doing this to somebody. She's like, I would just bash him in the head. And she was like, would you like me to call 911? And I was like, <laughs> no. Or would you like me to call emergency services or something like that? I was like, man, what the fuck? I'm out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Did, did 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 she reply no? And Siri's like, "Be safe, then." <laughs> no. <laughs> your response has been recorded. Don't blame me for your <laughs> difficulties. Be safe. <laughs> I was like, "Man, what kind of shit is this?" You say something violent, and Siri's like, "Would you like me to call nine one one?" Because I don't think that's a good idea. I was like, "Man, as well, I'm just saying, I'm not sure it's a good idea to resort to violence. I can call the emergency services, however." <laughs> what kind of shit is this oh shit that is funny that is good kind of creepy though like i'm not surprised because we hear stories and i haven't experienced it actually that much uh but we hear stories of smart devices getting activated inadvertently and so yeah i'm not surprised i'm glad she asked first though (laughs) yeah would have been really weird if the phone just started ringing, yeah. Uh, like I said, my my first experience with the Apple Watch is I accidentally called nine one one. Yep, I've done that too. I've done that too. Hence the reason now when I set up an Apple Watch, number one, when I turn it on, I know just be patient and wait because eventually triple click will turn on it's over. And secondly, don't hold down that side button until you have went in and turned off the setting that says automatically <laughs> call emergency services. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, at least I know the cellular connection works because it's not connected to my phone yet. Not even sure how that worked. Mm. But all right. Good times. And spooky times. (laughs) So, Demasi, you had something you wanted to mention today. So, what was that? At the time that we're recording this, which is Saturday... September 11th. Well, not change, yeah. but more details could it could emerge. Yeah, more details are probably going to come out about this. Uh, and, and, of course, Apple has to go through the process. But essentially, on Friday, September 10th, Judge, and I have, I just heard her name and I have forgotten. It's Gonzalez Rogers, though, I forget her first name. Super smart lady, based off how she has responded in the questions that I know I've not sat and read through any of the documentation directly, but just listening to people reporting on it or reading on people's reports of it. Extremely smart lady. Like, you know, we, we've all seen these cases with tech companies involved where the judge presiding over said case doesn't even understand the thing that they're supposed to be uh, trying to pass judgment on or, or come to a decision about this lady is on her shit. She should be like, I don't know. She should be the next Supreme Court justice or something. Cause she, she, she grasped this shit in a way that I think even a lot of the tech press doesn't quite get. So 
she's passed her ruling down. Of course, Apple's probably going to appeal. That that hasn't been dropped out there yet. That's just speculation uh, on my part. I was just reading an article. Tim, I can't pronounce his last name, from Fortnite is uh, already has announced that they're going to appeal it. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> he says it's not a win for uh, small businesses or consumers. Um. So we'll we'll get into that. I'm going to come back to that because me and you had a pretty good conversation about that earlier. So we'll, we'll we will loop back to that specific point right there and who this helps and who it doesn't. But essentially, just to update everybody, at this point, what we know is that uh, Judge Gonzalez Rogers has passed out her verdict. And is it a verdict? Whatever it's called. We're not lawyers here. Uh, uh, has passed out a verdict. Basically, here are the key takeaways that I know right now or that we know right now at this moment. Uh, it was first found that Epic was in violation of their contract which Apple, with Apple, which they were when they put their app for people who don't remember how this whole shit got started in the first place. Epic pushed an update to the App Store. Well, because a lot of Epic's code on the server side, once the app was in the App Store and people started updating, Epic just flipped the switch on server side that added a button in the interface of the app to let you pay them directly and bypass Apple's in-app purchase. Uh, Judge Rogers you know, said that that was a violation of the contract that was in place at the time with Apple, which it was. And I said that at the time, that's a clear violation. They knew it was. So like, you know, that's, that's not a, that's obvious to me. So the result of them being in violation of said contract though, is they have to pay Apple to 30% of the money that they did earn during the time that that, that feature was active in their app before Apple suspended their application, uh, which comes out to, I've heard numbers around like three, three, three million and some change. Uh, not a terrible amount of money to either one of those companies, but, you know, they still have to fork that over. The second bit of her ruling is around the what was being called uh, antitrust or, or monopolistic behavior by Apple and its controls over the App Store. Epic's argument was that the platform that they're kind of trying to to you know, grow within is controlled strictly by Apple and the iPhone is the platform or the iPhone is the marketplace. Apple, of course, tried to argue the entire other side of the coin, which is we're just a console. So, you know, we have to, we lock things down. Everybody else that runs consoles, you know, does this. Look at the Xbox, look at the PlayStation. So we're not doing anything wrong. It's not monopolistic because we don't own the market share for smartphones or gaming consoles. Judge Rogers, I keep wanting to call her Miss Rogers, but it seems very disrespectful <laughs> to call a judge Miss. Uh, judge Rogers basically went right down the middle and was like, you're wrong and you're wrong. Here's right. what the marketplace is that this is all about. This is the mobile gaming market that you're, we're, we're discussing here. Like This, this is the, the, the space that we're in right now that this relates to is the mobile gaming market. Apple, while they do make a quite, you know, hefty profit off of this space, they are not the sole owner of mobile gaming. They don't have all of the control over mobile gaming. And just because they're successful at running their mobile gaming business does not make it a monopoly, mm. which, again, I like this. This is like 
And here's the thing, right? I wouldn't have thought to split this this way because I one I didn't think that deeply about it. First of all, and secondly, I probably still wouldn't have come up mm-hmm. with what she said. But it makes perfect sense to me. The point that she made that I have said before, very simply, is people should stop trying to go after tech companies or any sort of big company just because they're successful and making a ton of money and saying you're a monopoly just yeah. because I'm good at doing what I do. Uh, I'm gonna sidetrack for a second to. Uh, a conversation me and Michael had a little earlier mm-hmm. and I gave this analogy. I said, think about it this way. Like a lot of people don't consider this when you look at Apple and say, oh, they're a monopoly just because they're making all the money and they're making you pay them 30% or look at Google or Amazon, anybody else in this space. And they look at tech companies like, oh, it's a monopoly. It's antitrust because they're successful in dominating their industry. Uh, but if you if we were to flip this completely on its head and let's look at restaurants, let's look at fast food restaurants specifically. What Epic was trying to argue and what a lot of politicians in a lot of different countries, not just the U.S., are trying to argue or would be arguing in effect, in my opinion, somebody, you know, tweet at us on, you know, if you feel like I'm wrong about this uh, or if you have differing opinions, I'd love to have a discussion about it. But in my opinion, what a lot of companies that are suing for antitrust, what a lot of politicians who are trying to enact antitrust laws and all this sort of shit against these tech companies. If we were to flip this around and say fast food restaurants, it to me is analogous to saying that McDonald's, we just can't have you dominating the way that you're dominating because everybody loves your fries. They're great. Like people go buy supersized fries because they're so good. People, like me, I am one of these people that has went to Burger King and gotten a burger or went to Wendy's and gotten a bacon cheeseburger and went right across the street to the McDonald's and bought some french fries because their fries are simply better than everybody else's. Well, my feeling at the way that a lot of people are approaching antitrust with, with these tech companies is similar to saying, well, McDonald's, you're going to have to do one of two, right? We're going to have to do something about this. You're either going to have to allow other people to use your fries that you have spent time, you know, engineering, a, you know, coming up with a recipe for that's successful or, you know, something. We're going to do something about you, though, because you can't just keep dominating with these fries because they're so good. Like we can't have you being the only company that makes good French fries. Yet the person who's making that comment probably has uh, uh, supersized fries in their hand while they're saying that. From well, they're upset, but exactly right. It's like these people, they got an iPhone, <laughs> got an iPhone on the desk while these are about Apple is, 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 you know. But to me, that's what it is. It's very sim- simplistic, right? But that her her point, Judge Rogers's point about success does not a company of monopoly being extremely successful does not make a company a monopoly is exactly what I'm trying to get at, though, right? McDonald's has been extremely successful with their French fries. Like they, and to my knowledge, they have the best French fries that any fast food restaurant has ever produced. When you're talking about you go sit down and, you know, you actually got somebody back there chopping up potatoes. Well, maybe five guys. Five guys has pretty good, really good French fries. I've never had five guys. Yeah, most people haven't though. So that's the yeah. thing. Like I, I didn't have them until around about maybe 2013, 2014-ish or something. So like, I mean, for most people, McDonald's have the best French fries. Right. Uh, you know, hands down, especially for a fast food restaurant. You can't go and say, well, McDonald's, you're just too successful with these fries. So you're going to have to cut, you know, you got to cut Burger King some slack. Like either you're going to have to dial back your fry production or you're going to have to share this recipe with uh, Burger King so that they can also be successful. You know, you're making it too difficult for other people trying to sell French fries out here. It's like, well, get your fucking French fry game up is what I would tell you. 
So I have mixed feelings on this because I've, you know, Apple right now is the only app store you can easily get apps on. However, I have learned over the last couple of weeks of an alternative app store you can get, but it does require more work. And at first I was like, well, this is all messed up. I was, I was on the antitrust uh, ball game because I was saying, hey, I can only buy apps in the app store and Apple won't let me get apps from other people. And maybe Apple doesn't allow you to use like alt store or, or whatnot in their terms, but it is something that can be done. And when I think about Android, unless I'm mistaken, I think you have to sideload an alternative app store on you Android. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's similar. No, you cannot directly sideload stuff onto your iPhone, but you can have the ease of uh, mind when you have the app store and all you have to do is go into the app store and your payment information is saved there. You're only paying one person. If something goes down and you no longer want that banking information added to your app store, you have one place to remove it from. And, you know, I'm comfortable with that with that fact and with those conveniences. And I do realize that with that, I'm giving up some things kind of sort of on relation to the conversation we just had about me switching over to Android, but that's besides the point. So that, those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm not one sided, like Apple is not, I'm, I'm not one of them. And I, I don't, I haven't found very many people that feel Apple is 100% right. Uh, I have found some people that feel Apple is 100% wrong. I don't agree with either one of those statements. Apple definitely like the things, uh, and the final thing that Judge Rogers ruled on so we can roll this into the conversation as well is that apple has to stop their bullshit with this oh well you know you can put your app on an app store and people can log in and you don't have to use our in-app purchases but uh you can't tell people how to pay you or how to sign up for your service <laughs> bullshit right that has been bullshit from day one and i have said it has been bullshit from day one uh she she has deemed that that is anti-competitive now there's a different state there's a huge and again this lady is super smart uh i owe her a beer uh, or a glass of wine or a martini or something. Uh, if I ever run into her somewhere, I will buy that lady because she is super smart. Because to me, there is a clear difference between antitrust, which means you're using your power over a market, your dominance in a market, your, your dependence in a market to manipulate people for your own benefit, right? To manipulate prices or whatever for your own benefit. Whereas anti-competitive, that is absolutely anti-competitive to, you know, Netflix. And I, I went over this with Tia today. I was like, you know, as it stands right now, if her mother were to download Netflix for the first time today because she heard about Netflix from one of her friends who has a fire TV stick or whatever. She's like, oh, well, I'm going to try this Netflix. I want to watch that show we was looking at at your house. I'm going to go download Netflix. She goes to the app store. She download Netflix. She opens up Netflix and it says log in. Netflix right now can't say don't have an account. Click here to go create one or, you know, don't have an account. You have to go here and start your subscription. They can't say any of that right now due to Apple's policies. That is a load of shit. It is. And when you are trying to get more people to use your apps, not having any explanation of what that app is can be detrimental to your potential customers because I could download an app, uh, an email app, for example, and it says, hey, go, <laughs> hey, log in. I'm going to keep that in there for sure. It says, hey, go log in. And then I'm like, well, why do I even, like, why? What, what's the whole point of this? What is this app? So it, it, 
it's interesting. Yeah. That, was that, that, that to me is anti-competitive. Um, now my general feelings about this overall situation, one, I don't like the, I don't like it from top to bottom. I don't like a government coming in and feeling like, oh, we're going to tell Apple how to run their business. I also don't like the way that Apple kind of dictates to developers how to run their business. There are some rules that I feel are fair or or some policies that I feel that are fair because Apple is the platform owner, right? You have to cede some something to the company who built this. Apple has no obligation to say, oh, well, we built this thing, but we're just going to give it to you and let you do what you want to do with it. Like, they have no obligation to do that. The same way Google has no obligation to say, oh, well, you know, yeah, of course, Android is open source. You can go use open source Android. But if you don't comply with things the way that we want you to comply with certain things for the protection of our users and the protection of our business, right, our back end, our API, our infrastructure, then we're not going to let you use Google Play services. That is, they're totally within their rights to do that because they built the shit. Like it again, it's like telling the colonel, man, you got to hand over this chicken recipe because this KFC chicken is just killing everybody's business. So you can't do that. There were attempts to that. Listen to an interesting history of KFC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I vaguely that, remember something about that. On that podcast, I've told you to listen to it a couple times. Business Wars. I'll link to it in the show notes, so maybe you'll go listen. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, I will go listen to it, because I, I vaguely remember hearing something about this, too, some years ago. Like, I was much younger, but I vaguely remember hearing, hearing something along there those lines. There was guns involved and shit like that, man. It was it was rough, but... <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. I really gotta go listen to this. I yeah. didn't hear about the guns. It was some old mob shit. How churches showed yeah. up with Mrs. Winters, and they was about to go to town on the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the first episode of that series. Um, it, it, so it'll, I don't know. I don't know, Demasi. What's going to happen with the world? I mean, I, 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 as, as many longtime listeners know, like I have a big, uh, a big chip on my shoulder about the state of internet in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Whilst we have congressmen so senators and representatives both uh as well as states attorneys generals or attorneys general however you say that uh drafting proposals for laws and 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 amendments to bills and all this shit to curtail how apple runs their business how google runs their business how amazon runs their business uh, number one, nobody's stepping on Facebook for the bullshit they're pulling. Number two, nobody's stepping on Comcast, AT&T, Spectrum, or any of the other companies who are flat out lying to the federal. Look, Apple ain't taking money. Google and none of these big tech companies, which I do have issues with all of them. Like I'm not a, you know, mm. I love Apple's products. I love, you know, Google's products. I trust Google about as, as I keep good. Them around. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust Google second like apple has more of my trust but also like apple has to hold themselves to a higher standard but outside of the tech companies right uh, my my issue really comes down to the fact that google amazon apple microsoft none of these big tech companies that people are trying to regulate or say need regulating or even got some crazy woman running around talking about well, we should break them up it's like what the fuck do you mean so this company sells the iPhone and that company sells Macs and iPads. Like, what the fuck kind of business are you trying to do? <laughs> uh, but the problem is they're not taking federal money and then doing 
you know, shit detrimental to the people that they're supposed to be serving, right? They're, they're, I mean, they are mostly publicly held companies, but in in the general sense, they're probably owned, right? They're not getting money from the federal government to run their business. Whereas AT&T, Comcast, Spectrum, and the rest of these fucking internet providers are taking federal money, which means they're taking our tax dollars because we all pay taxes. Uh, Even if you don't pay taxes, when you go buy something at the store, you and so in, in effect you are paying some sort of tax uh they're taking federal money to build out their infrastructure and then they're flat out lying to the sec the fcc and probably all the other c's too uh mm-hmm. about what they're actually doing and where their coverage is and you would think after the lockdown of 2020 that this would be abundantly clear to people when you know what I mean never mind just I mean even if you're selfish as shit there's a ton of selfish ass people who feel like they're big shots that didn't have good internet when they had to go back to their little town or whatever that they come from and they were on lockdown and their internet didn't work so they couldn't show up to do their voting that they were supposed to like all this right here but you're not going after these companies for what they're doing I'm annoyed on that level with the government Apple in general, like, yeah, there, there should be some changes. I, I feel like at this point, Apple could, and it seems as though Apple is like slowly letting people kind of chip away at their policies, like they're changing them mm-hmm. one at a time and just trying to play the long game. I feel like that's a little stupid uh, on their part. Just one reason. Change at once. Well, there's an argument that they could implement what they think is a great plan and that, you know, maybe I would agree with is a great plan. Maybe a large majority of Apple users and, and developers may agree it's a great plan. But then the government comes, somebody's government comes in and says, well, we don't think you did enough. Uh, and Apple's like, well, shit, we, 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 that's it. We out. It's over. We ain't got no more ideas, man. We're done. But I, I feel like there are enough countries in this world that don't work and are, if not more organized, at least there's more directives like there, there's there's more directness there in these countries than there may be in the u.s where you know somebody says oh we're gonna draft a bill to deal with this situation right here yeah three years from now my kid will be in my youngest kid will be in you know fifth grade by the time this law even comes up to get voted on germany ain't gonna take that long you know mm-hmm. fuck around with that lady over there in germany like she liable to get some shit passed tomorrow be like all right Apple, <laughs> this is what you got to do you know south korea did not take that long to pass their law that they that they passed saying essentially what that's her name yvonne gonzalez rogers uh what she said apple has to do which is, you can't tell people that they can't link to their shit right it's basically what south korea says so my thing is number one apple should just let that go like just don't fight don't put that back don't push back on that just just implement that rule in, in a you know good way it's arguable at this point whether or not apple has to and i think there's going to be like they're going to have to draft what they're proposed to do and take it to the judge and then let her you know Say, yeah, this is within the guidelines of what I was saying, or nope, you didn't do enough. But it's arguable at this point whether the actual ruling means Apple just has to let people link out to their websites and explain to you how to get their shit or how to how your alternative payment methods, or whether it means you literally have to let, you know, Epic and everybody else basically do what amazon.com does right now because amazon app man look i don't pay for anything in the amazon app through apple because you can't you just right. don't pay through amazon right kind of wish you could sometimes but you can't <sighs> man <laughs> uh but especially if, when everybody in apple pay <laughs> yeah, especially when you got money like amazon doesn't even take apple pay like that's the that's 
one of the dumber things to me. It's like, mm. so you got Amazon Pay. Why not take Apple Pay? Like, it's you're, you're getting the money. It's not like Apple's taking thirty percent of your Apple Pay payment. Anyways, uh, not to derail you. Ah, oh, no, nah, man, because this whole conversation has been derailed. The whole nation has been derailed now. <laughs> that it has. But that's a discussion for another show. If you're interested in a politics show. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's arguable as to whether or not they actually have to allow people to have payment systems inside the app right, right alongside the in-app purchase system that Apple provides or whether they only have to allow them to link out. My concern with this whole deal, though, uh, cause Tim, whatever his name is from Epic, you say, he said, this is not a win for small businesses or consumers. Mm-hmm. Dude, stop your bullshit. First off, first and foremost, I'm saying it on the show. I don't play a clip. I'm going to post this clip to Twitter. If Mike keeps it in the show, stop <laughs> your bullshit, dude. You don't give a fuck about no little dude or, or, or the customer, right? You just trying to make more money. You want more of the money that you're getting because you don't want to have to give Apple their 30%. Now, to be fair, 30% is a little much at this point in time. Apple, I mean, I'm just saying, are you serious? Really? 30%? Like, man, come on. Come on. But. Here's where my concern goes. And again, there's always these unintended consequences whenever politics and legalities get involved and people just don't do the right thing in the first place as a business. This ruling could come down and say, okay, well, Apple doesn't have to let you put your payment system directly in the app, but they do have to let you link out to it. Okay, well, Epic's going to do it and Facebook is going to do it and, you know, all these other places are going to do it. Smaller developers, a lot of them are not going to do it because they're not going to want to deal with the headache of the shit. Some of them may, but what you're going to end up with is I, let's say, so you, you were bringing up this example earlier, Mike, with, like with Nicholas or, or, or Ben or Andrew wants mm-hmm. to go buy something from the store. Right now it goes through Apple and you know what they're doing and all of that. And, you know, I don't know if you have this in place for Nicholas or not, cause he is a little older than my kids, but I used to. It, from my perspective, you know, also have the ability to turn on Ash to buy, right? So I know what they're going to buy before they buy it. And I can say, yeah, you can get that game. And no, I don't think you really need to get that right there. Or I don't want to pay $20 for that. Like whatever the case may be. $20 every seven days. <laughs> Speaking of which, man, okay, now you derail me. Because uh, <laughs> that's shit. Uh, but no, but, but here's the problem, right? So, this this could come down in favor of what a lot of people say they want, which is Apple just let people offer to compete with with the other payment processes. Let people roll a stripe, right? Let people, you know, roll in PayPal or, or WePay or whatever it is they want to use and take payment that way. Couple of issues. Apple could take the I'm not I can't say that's a dick move. A- Apple could take the route of, okay, we're being forced to do this, but we don't have to do any more because we invested all the money into the research and development of this platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have to do anything beyond what you told us to do, which is they okay, now I can go into Epic Store and or or Fortnite whenever if it makes it back on the App Store and buy gems or whatever you're buying Fortnite. I don't know. Don't don't even tell me about it because I don't care. Uh but I can go buy stuff. All right. Well, now I'm buying this stuff directly from Epic instead of going through Apple. So does that bypass? And because it wouldn't be me, it would probably be my kid. Right. But does this bypass parental controls at this point? So does this bypass ask to buy? Do I have to now put a credit card in each person's device that wants to buy something inside of an app that is chosen to go outside of the app store? Uh, 
Like, how does that affect any of that? Most certainly, and I've heard people argue this point that, yes, Apple could probably write the APIs to allow people to, you know, keep connected to the lower level OS you know, systems that power that stuff in the app store. But I got to tell you, it's probably not as easy as me just saying it and them can it happen. <laughs> first off, secondly, first you tell me, I mean, again, let's, let's, let's take this scenario. You got a, you got a grown up kid who's living with you. Who's like, well, I don't want to live with you anymore. I'm going to move out and get my own place. I got a job. I got my own money. I'm going to move out and get my own stuff. All right, right. Fine. Do that. That's okay. No problem. No hard feelings. But you still want to come to my house and eat every fucking day. <laughs> it's like you wanted to take your own payments. You wanted to handle all your money by yourself. You didn't want to give us a cut of our money. But now you want us to do the work to integrate your payment system or make it possible for people to integrate their payment system with our back end system that protects our users. Should they do it. There's an argument for yes, they should. But on the flip side, Apple could be like, well, this is what the fuck this 30 percent was covering. But. Why couldn't Apple say, we'll do that for an additional $99 a year or something like that and, and <laughs> recoup that, that money? Because that's not really, that, that legitimately is not enough money. Well, true. True. Like I said, I, I think Apple probably could get away with taking 10 to 12% of each transaction in the App Store and people would probably be more happy. Now, your, your epics of the world would not be, but most people I think would be a lot happier with that because what you're getting with Apple, what I think a lot of people outside of it, outside of developers don't think about, yes, we're pissed about the 30%. I'm pissed about the 30% and it's not even coming out of my pocket. Uh, no, here's the reason I have donated monies to developers, you know, even after I have bought their app and they have a tip jar, like, oh, I'll go throw some money in your tip jar now then, because I know you're not charging me for this app every year. You haven't won subscription. Uh, but what people outside of this that just say Apple should, you know, they should charge what Stripe charges. Well, they can't charge. I mean, they could charge what Stripe. Well, they have all these billions of dollars. Yeah, but you know what Apple has to pay for? So let me Make it very simple. When you develop an application, first of all, Apple pays all of the engineers that develop Mac OS, which is free. You don't pay for Mac OS. You pay for the Mac, but once you own the Mac, like you don't pay for updates. You don't pay for iOS updates once you buy your phone. You don't pay for any of the platform updates, the software updates. You just play for the hardware, right? But Apple has to pay the engineers that write the code and the APIs that run macOS and allow us to have the nice apps on macOS, iOS, watchOS, iPadOS, right? They write all the code for that. They got to pay those people. A part of Apple, a big part of Apple's business is research and development. Like Tim Cook just doesn't shit out the plan for an iPhone every <laughs> year and then they just start making that shit. Like they spend a ton of money. Like a ridiculous amount of money, enough money for me probably to live off of for the rest of my life on research and development when they're making new devices. How does this glass work? Is it really more shatterproof? What about this camera bump? Is this going to be a problem? Like the money that goes into that shit is, is like just if you're really interested, you probably can pull Apple's public reports because they are a public health company and look at their R&D budget. Right. And just extrapolate, like even if you just split it you know, equally up amongst the devices that we know Apple sells today and look at how much money goes into that. On top of that, 
when an app developer develops an app, yes, there's a lot of hoops they have to go through. Yes, there's a lot of bullshit they have to deal with. Yes, Apple does not respond to their feedback requests, which again is another whole other fucking problem that Apple needs to solve. Uh, they don't respond to my feedback requests either. If that makes anybody feel any better though. You know, I write accessibility at Apple.com several times. I sometimes don't get any answer. So, uh, I feel your pain, but I go develop an app right now. I don't have to pay for Xcode. I already own a Mac. So, I mean, of course you got to have a Mac, but I already own a Mac. I go download Xcode. I build my app. I test my app. Apple has test flight. I don't have to pay for, you know, app center or any other third party tool to provide betas to my users i do still you do still have those options but i don't have to use test flight infrastructure to beta test my app i push my app to the app store it goes through app approval again something else in the apple does need to work on seriously Uh, but it goes through app review it gets approved and it's in the app store the only thing I have to do once my app is approved is to determine or maybe before it's approved, but at, at some point in the process, I determine what countries I want my app to be available in. If I say release it to the entire world where well, it goes out to the entire world, I am not paying Apple any money for that bandwidth. I'm not paying Apple any money for storing my shit. I'm not paying for their CDN costs and Apple uses Akamai. Akamai is expensive. Like Akamai doesn't even come up in conversations for me when I'm talking about CDNs because I cannot afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's all of that infrastructure. Never mind the, the, I mean, literally probably millions at this point, hundreds of thousands of free apps on the app store. Mm-hmm. Now, is it fair that everybody has to pay for the people who don't pay anything with their developer fees? I mean, I don't know what to really say about that. I, I don't. I don't feel that the people who do well on the app store can make a living off the app store should be picking up the cost for someone who just creates a free app and throws it up on the store. But on the flip side of that, a lot of people get their career started with those free apps as well. And I would really feel kind of shitty about telling the kid, well, you know, we can't put a free app on the store, man, because we're not going to handle that. We're not going to cover that shit. Right. I really would feel shitty about that. So I don't know how to deal with that situation. But my point being, Apple has to charge more than what Stripe charges because Apple is providing more infrastructure than stripe is providing <laughs> uh not to mention apple as as much money as apple actually makes their market is honestly pretty small compared to a stripe yeah yeah because stripe is all of your e-commerce all of your well not all of your in-person not all of your e-commerce either but a substantial amount of your e-commerce a substantial amount of your in-person if you're using their stripe payment methods and a lot of people use stripe and they don't even know they're using it exactly like stripe is all over what i mean is like their 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 potential market the potential growth for stripe is in my opinion exponential to what Apple's potential growth is, right? Because Apple can only, you know, get 30% off people who put apps in the app store and sell apps. Again, I don't think it should be 30%. I think it should be more like 10 or 12%. And they would do just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I honest, I truly honestly believe that. I also honestly believe that if they were to loosen up some of the restrictions that some of the seemingly arbitrary restrictions that they have in place that probably at the time they were put in place made sense. That's the other thing a lot of people don't think about it. Some of the rules that Apple has in place regarding their devices and their app stores, they absolutely made sense when the iPhone iOS was super young, super constrained, you know, 10, 12 years ago. The problem is Apple hasn't grown and evolved as the industry has grown and evolved. Hence the reason they're having all of these problems. I've heard people say that institutionally, a lot of old Apple people, and these are the people that you tend to see on stage a lot, you know, your Tim Cooks and your Fr- Craig Federighi's and your Craig Josniewak's and... Uh, not Scott's forestall. He's the guy who got fired. Uh, the other guy. But the, the the faces you know of Apple. Yeah, yeah. The people you meet all the time. Like they were around Apple when Apple literally was about to go out of business. Like they they were, you know, they had to take money from Microsoft. Like Bill Gates gave them money so that he wouldn't be the only company making computers to keep them afloat. So it is said, I don't know how true this is or how not true, but it does make a little bit of sense to me because it is in a lot of ways how Steve Jobs operated and is why Steve had the mentality that he did about owning as much of the product line as he possibly could. Like Apple started making their own processors because they didn't want to be beholden to somebody else for their processors. Took them years to get to the M1, but they eventually got there. They started with their mobile devices first, but that's a part of that culture is like, well, we don't want to find ourselves in the situation we did with PowerPC and mm. then we had to quickly switch over to Intel, even though Steve really didn't want to do that business from what I hear. They come from the time when Apple was the actual underdog and they had to scratch for everything they could possibly get. So therefore, they try to hold on to as much as they possibly can. They're a huge trillion dollar company, hundreds of trillions of dollars at this point. And you're not so small anymore. So... Right. I mean, don't go throw a party and throw all your money in a fucking pool and jump off a diving board into like Uncle Scrooge. Like, don't get stupid, but evolve so that you can continue to grow as a company. Because one of the sad things to me out of this whole situation is that, yes, I do know that there are problems internally at Apple that we probably don't hear about. But the things I do know about, just the things I know about with the app store and the way that things operate and some of their policies and how this app, you know, their app approval shit is really screwed up. Uh, I don't like that because I'm one of those people that looks at it. And I'm like, if you're slipping and you're continuing to slip in these same areas, like what else are you fucking up on that you're supposedly so great at? Yeah. Because Apple will come out on stage and tell you how great they are and how good they do for yes, developers and how much money they pay developers and all of this shit. But Apple also comes out on stage and tells me how great their security is and how they're privacy focused and they're concerned about your data and your data being your data. And we're all going to hear about that on the day the show publishes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I know apps that have developers that get their apps rejected for stupid shit and nobody can explain it to them and then it turns out oh well it was a mistake we're sorry uh we reinstated your app yeah. you know or 
flagrantly, I mean, just flagrant, not, not even an attempt to try to obfuscate the fact that they're ripping off an app, just flagrant ripoffs of apps showing up in the store and getting higher ratings or, or showing surfacing up higher in search than the actual legitimate original app does. When you're fucking up on shit like that, it really makes me question what else you're fucking up on with when it comes to security. Uh, but yeah, on the day this show publishes, Apple has an event going on. We all suspect it's going to be the new iPhone and the new Apple Watch. And I ain't I'm buying very shit. Not excited. Like, I'm, I'm not excited. Uh, also, don't have any money. <laughs> 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 but I think outside of something that is truly going to be like eh, probably the only Apple thing I will buy anytime soon. Uh, might be some AirPods, and that would still be, you know, some months off. Uh, some newer AirPods or something. It's just because I, I really am growing to disdain the Bluetooth earbuds that I do have. Uh, but I've also been looking at these Sonys. That are these Sony True Wireless earbuds. Uh, you've been listening to SMR. <laughs> I mean, it's just looking at these Sonys. I've been thinking about these. I'm like, hmm, they give longer battery life than the Apple ones. And, yeah. I don't really talk to my devices all that often, like so. I don't really care about that. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, but uh, I mean, I'm sort of at a point like I can't go on strike because like Apple wouldn't give a shit. Everybody I know that has, you know, mm-hmm. all they're, 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 uh, there are more people than I can count on my fingers that I know for certain are gonna buy whatever Apple's selling Tuesday. But yeah, I ain't buying shit. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, see what's going on. Probably. Oh, yeah. Mallory will probably end up with something, but I don't. There's not, like, nothing really interests me right now. I'm pretty happy with what I have. So, Demasi, do you have any more to talk about related to the Apple stuff? Because if not, I think we should wrap it up by sharing a couple of apps. I have a new app that I've been playing with that will only be effective for some users, very limited amount of users. And I'm sure you hmm. may have an app you can recommend to people. Yeah. Fantastic, Al. Get it. It's fantastic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, man? Uh, Node Remote. So I recently got a new, and I will link to this in the show notes, by the way, in the Google Doc, there's a place for you to put your affiliate link for Google Workspace when you get some time. So Node Remote is a tool that I am using. It costs $5 in the App Store, and uh, Andrew bought it for me because we're on a family sharing account, and he actually accidentally added $25 to his Apple account. So I'm like, all right, sweet. You can just go buy this app for me then real quick. Even though you'll never <laughs> use it, I will be able to download it then. Uh, you can never leave the family now either. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it allows me, I got a Sherry node or Shari node is how it's also pronounced. So I got a Shari node, which allows me to use my radio to remotely connect to other people who have a Shari node on their end or a D, uh, a all-star node and it gives me a substantially higher quality voice but the problem with it is it is simplex which means that if someone is talking you can't send dtmf or dial tone uh i forget exactly dial tone multi-frequency uh buttons from your radio while someone else is talking (laughs) So, I thought it was a new. I thought it was a new show with Tom Mary. <laughs> no. no. 
<laughs> no, it's the touch tones. You remember, Demasi, a uh, couple of years ago, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, we had to pick up this handset and you would hear a buzzing in your ear and you had to push these buttons to call people. It wasn't no touching this screen or telling Siri to call. <laughs> it's the beeping noise you hear when you're pushing the buttons. No, so when someone is talking, I can't press uh, keys. So I was recommended by Doug, I think, told me to get this app doug be always recommending everything to me to get and it will let me control my radio that's connected to the raspberry pi 4b remotely from my phone so if someone is talking and i don't want to listen to that conversation anymore i can hit disconnect and it will disconnect me from that person and i can connect to someone else uh, or to another hub so it's a though radio uh the reason i got involved in radio isn't necessarily for emergency preparedness, but it, is, it does give me that added benefit. I also like it as a hobby and the convenience of being able to use my phone to control my radio. Uh, just is kind of cool. So nerding out, no remote. If you're not a ham, it probably won't do you any good. But if you are or you're interested, uh, well, worth the $4.99, couple of unlabeled buttons. And uh, I just went in and labeled those real quick so I didn't forget with a two finger double tap and hold on the uh, button that needed labeled. So that's your quick tip that you might find useful if you're using an app that has unlabeled buttons that stay the same. So if you know that, you know, this button is always the scan button, for example, you can double tap and hold with two fingers on that button, and then it'll put you in an edit box that you can either type or dictate the text of the button and then hit okay. You just happened to say the scan button, and I know you probably weren't talking about this, but I can't remember the app, but there was an app that a lot of people were like, oh, this is great. And I think they even were trying to target it at blind people for text recognition. And they had unlabeled buttons in it. Prismo. Oh. Yeah, Prismo was theirs. Yep, yep. They they were there. <laughs> Man, I hadn't used that app in so long. You know, I actually own the Mac app, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't use it, but I own it. It's also in set app. Hey, that's going to be my way. Did I talk about set app recently? No. We talked about a app. We talked about some apps in Setup, but you didn't really actually talk about Setup because that's how we got on the opener conversation. Ah, yeah, man, that opening app is amazing. Hold on, let me look around see if I got something else. Because I can't think of an app. I feel like I just told you about an app, and then you're like, ah, I might buy that. Well, not the the most recent app we talked about was Voice Dream Reader. Hmm. Everybody should know about that already. Should know about it, but everyone doesn't. <laughs> no, we were talking. You were looking at some app that I had, and you were like, "Should I pay for this or not?" Because it's not a free. Ah, Paprika was it? Maybe. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah, we don't do enough actual real recipe following to do. So I will do voice train reader, and I think I do also have a tip. By the way, just want to be fully transparent with the listeners. I don't think Demasi knew I was going to throw it at him like this. We 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 generally talked about it, but oh man, no, I wouldn't even think about it. I was trying to remember what the hell I was supposed to tell you about Siri and bashing somebody's head. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I can't forget this shit. Oh man, I've been moving shit in and out of into Cindy all day, so like my my brain is is like I'm, I'm just I got spreadsheets in my mind right at the moment. Mm. Although I will tell you, uh, numbers is not 
terrible and there are some very handy shortcuts so that'll be my tip that i will leave you with uh first and foremost is if you are a mac os user i do not touch numbers on the iphone uh at all but on the on on the mac and i am i'm gonna say 100 percent certain that there are similar shortcuts in excel uh if you're an excel user but one of the things that one of the things I was having to do was, so I was importing uh, spreadsheets, uh, well, CSV exports of mailing list data uh, to migrate somebody between uh, mailing list services, email marketing services. So this format that I was getting the files in, first it had like, I don't know, 18 It's between 18 col- and 21. Yeah, definitely way too Well, 18 much. columns that I didn't need. Oh, right. So yeah. like 18 to 19 columns in each sheet that I did not need. So I had to delete all of those. Uh, one shortcut I found, uh, which I will not try to repeat to you, is in the menu bar up under tables and numbers. But what you're essentially looking for is something that's going to, whether it's numbers or Excel, is something that's like select all rows to the right or select all to the end of right or something along those lines. Basically, what I was doing is I was skipping past the first two rows, which I did need the email and the name. And then I would just select the row all the way across the header to the end and then hit a keyboard shortcut and then deleted the entire section of that sheet. It's all gone. Poof. Nice. Uh, so if you're a spreadsheet user and you're finding yourself trying to manipulate data around, another thing that also works and should work in Excel as well is the ability to select an entire column, cut it and paste it into an empty or overwrite an existing column of data and have everything just fill in. Like I, I I learned a lot about using numbers over the past couple of days. Uh and I'm probably a barely scratched the surface. Uh also another tip, just just I know don't get in the business of moving people between email marketing services. I'm just saying <laughs> or raise your rates before you do it. Yes, uh, substantially <laughs> my app I would like to share is going to be voice train reader we haven't talked about this app in a while on the show i feel like we may have done an episode about it early on for those who are not familiar because mike made a very good point everybody should know about it but everybody probably doesn't voice train reader is 10 bucks i think it might even be 15 i think it was 15 when i bought it i don't care buy the app if you do any of the following uh and this also works for sighted people too, so you know, don't have to be a blind person. Hmm? Are you ready to hear how much it is now? How much? 20 bucks. Still, buy it anyway. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, well worth it. I put it off for years. I bought it when it first came out. Like, I probably wasn't <laughs> the first person to buy it. No, I wasn't the first person to buy it. But as soon as it was out and I heard about it, like I read about it i think i listened to somebody talk about it and i went and bought it so essentially what voice stream reader does for me and will do for you if you happen to be a a screen reader user or someone in general who doesn't mind listening to uh text-to-speech voices read things to you uh you can import just about any kind of file type that you can think of that has text pdf word docs docs dox docx D-O-X-C, I don't know if that's format or not. Uh, RTL, TXT, HTML, all, all of the things, as well as uh, EPUB, so open, uh, undrm uh, ebooks, uh, PDFs and EPUBs. 
Uh, and much like listening to a podcast or an audio book, you can just drop whatever that document happens to be in there and play. You have the ability to adjust speech rate and choose different voices. Uh, it does display the text on the phone. And I do remember several years ago when I was first getting into uh, teaching iOS, uh, the iPad specifically at that time, uh, working with a couple of people who were sighted, actually, but were, uh, you know, or had some usable vision and getting them, you know, helping them learn not so much to read, but just improve their spelling by following along with this app. And I'm probably going to drop it on my kids' iPads at some point. I just got to find books for them to actually read that I can put in there. And I haven't done that yet because I'm lazy. Uh, but Voice Dream Reader is essentially is going to allow you to clip uh, text or add files into it and have it read aloud. So what I use it for a lot is if I need to read a manual or I just want to read a, a, a PDF book that I have uh, bought or EPUB book that I have bought from somewhere, I drop it in there, put it in there, listen to it just the same way I listen to an audible book or in a podcast. So uh, check it out. It now does OCR of uh, documents directly inside of the app. So I don't think you have to buy PDF. Nope. Whatever it was, whatever the scanner app, uh, voice stream, voice stream scanner. scanner. Yeah, I don't even think you have to buy that anymore. Uh, nope. At 20 bucks, if I were buying it today, I would spend the 20 bucks for it. I, I honestly think I spent 15 bucks for it when it first came out. It has gone up and down in price or at least been on sale periodically. Uh, but for the usefulness of it, like I told Mike, it is one of the, that's what I told you about, Mike, was that dropping shit into that upload folder in iCloud. Yeah, yep. That's what it was. Uh, but as I was telling Michael the other day when I was explaining one of the features of, of Voice Stream, which is it syncs through iCloud or it can sync through iCloud, uh, you have a folder that shows up in the reader inside of iCloud, your iCloud folder, reader, and then upload. You can just drop a file in there and it'll sync to your device. But what I was telling Mike is like Voice Stream is one of those apps that like I don't open it regularly because uh, I'm sort of an audiobook junkie at the moment and podcast junkie. So mm -hmm. I'm not reading as much uh, through voice stream, but it's always on my device. It is always on my, I mean, I own the Android version of it. Uh, that's how great of an app it is. And it's one of those deals where like when I need to solve a problem, like I need to read a thing or I want to read this long article somebody wrote on Medium, but I don't have time to sit there and hold my phone. It goes in voice stream and then I read it. So if it's not on my device, it's like, you know, when I get ready to go for it, it's like something's broken. <laughs> right. Check and out voice stream reader. And uh, I am setting up syncing right now because I forgot to do that. And you were talking about it. And I literally just went and downloaded that book I was going to read. And I'm like, I'm going to get this in there now because I've had this book and I need to read it. That's the NVDA. NVDA. Book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go buy the NVDA book if you're a Windows user. Or Damn it, now I've got to add that to the links, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, that's how it works. He just throws random shit at me to put in there. Maybe he'll put it in there. No, I'll go grab it because I have the email up right now so I can get back to it. Uh, okay, I was going to say, I was just going to search my email for it and find the link for you if you need me to. Yep, nope. That's what I was going to do. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have today. Links, show notes, all that will be at yourownpay.com slash DM78. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Payom, P-A-Y-O-W-N, the show at the DM series. And he's on Twitter. At Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I had to read. DM underscore series. Wait, what? I think is it's it? DM on the. I think it's DM no, underscore. I don't think series. it is. No, no, I gotta go. The, no, hold on. Fuck. Let me go see now. TWR. The DM. Yeah, the DM series. Uh, it's the DM series. Is that not what I said? I think that's what you said. Oh, okay. I, don't know. I just keep wanting to put an underscore in there for some reason. I don't know why. Because you, you like the underscore guy. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.